0: Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about
1: six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry and the guys in the Patreon chat help me with buys, sells and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough and so join the Patreon because if you ain't first, you're last.
2: What's happening guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the, Dynasty Warzone, the- people's dynasty podcast and this week our topic of the day the topic du jour if you will is we're going to play a little rookie game a little rookie game of just my type or don't believe the hype we'll get into all of that here in just a couple of minutes but i am so back so glad to have back on the show he is my co-host you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power he is jerry sinclair jerry what's going on
1: randers. I am so happy to have other human interaction with somebody. That's not the old lady lover to death, but good God, is it good to talk to you? My friend,
2: I know, man, I, I keep hoping that one day and I'm actually glad in, in all sincerity, I, I'm actually glad that you're considered essential with, uh, over 6 million Americans applying for unemployment or aid last week. It's good to know that you and I knock on wood have been fortunate enough to be deemed essential. And are still out there uh, doing things. So, uh, and thank you to all of you. We we hope that this podcast finds you well. Um, and our DMs are open. If you just want to, you know, ask a question not fantasy football related. You just want, you know, to ask a question. Hey, what are you watching on Netflix? What are you doing? How are you getting through this? I'm at DFF Memphis. He's at Jerry D W Z. We'd be more than happy to try to get you an answer as fast as humanly possible, Jerry i got a question for you. Oh boy, fire away. Do do you know I've been moonlighting? Uh, What have you been moonlighting? I've been moonlighting with the guys over at the Dynasty Happy Hour. I will be launching soon a new podcast called the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. So obviously you and I are independently owned, a little podcast venture over here. But Tyler Gunther, one of the good dudes, one of the OGs in this business, if you will, reached out and said, hey, man, we're, we're, we're looking to add this thing. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to work with people. You're going to have them come on your show. So just like I'm talking to Jerry on a Google Hangout, maybe it's a Zoom. Maybe it's a Skype. Who knows? But I've actually already got the first one recorded. I've got to edit it and get it over to Tyler. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make that Friday's bonus podcast. It's with uh, one of our Patreons. his name's Kyle he was kind enough to be our guinea pig he jumped on and you know we, we covered his roster you know where it's at and the way that this works, Jerry is I send you a questionnaire and what do you think this questionnaire entails
1: Oh no, you're just going to tell me because listen if there's one thing I'm not good at it's tests so
2: you, you would think a man in college as long as you've been in college would be good at tests but anyway What the questionnaire entails is like, what's your scoring format? Is it super flex, tight end premium, how many owners, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I send you the questionnaire. And at the same time, you either send me like the MFL link or the sleeper link to your team. And that way I can get a look at what you're working with and your draft picks. I can, you know, and if I get the MFL link, I can kind of bump around some of your opponents, and I I help put together a strategy the same way that if you hired a contractor to do some landscaping in your backyard, you would expect that contractor to show up on your initial consultation with some drawings of what he or her think they can do with your backyard. Hey, we're going to put some rocks over here, maybe a nice tree over there. Uh, Who knows, But, but that's what we're doing, and I will drop that on Thursday. So I just put myself under the gun, I've got to figure out an open. I've got to figure out a theme song. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do. Jerry, you ever watch those, uh, like, Flip This House shows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want, I could sing the theme song for you. I really wish you wouldn't, but thank you for offering. Uh, I would. I, I think I'd just rather not have one at all. But maybe we'll, we'll have one of your rosters on one day. But that, I, You'll I, need too many trees and too many rocks in the backyard if you got to do that. You got. I, 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 I've got the skills. We can rebuild it. Um, but now I put myself under the gun. I've got a couple of days to get this thing worked on, edited, and uh, make it a, a finished product so you'll be able to listen to that. This first one, you'll be able to listen here on the Dynasty Warzone feed. After that, y'all, if you're not already, you'll have to download and subscribe to Dynasty Happy Hour as it'll be in their family of podcasts. And, and before you ask, I'll go ahead and answer, how do I get involved? Well, I'll tell you, I've already got six people. That's six weeks. That's about midway through May, of people that do it. Um, if you want to get fast pass, Jerry, you ever been to Disney? I have not been to Disney. Been <laughs> to Cedar Point. Same sort of thing, though. Do Do you know what a fast pass is? I do. A fast pass. If If you have the fast pass, it pulls you right to the front of the line. It just doesn't pull you in front of the people, who are also have a fast pass, and who's getting fast passed? The people who are Patreons. Um, you can go over to dynastywarzone. Excuse me, Patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. And you can check it out. You heard the testimonial of Kyle again. Uh, he offered to do that. And I was like, man, that that was really kind of you. Yes, we will certainly do that. That was the little commercial you heard at the beginning of the show. And again, if you're interested, just head over to Patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone and all your questions will be answered. Um, These shows are running just a hair long, but uh, today's is great as we've already got Angelo recorded. Uh, Five-star reviews. We're circling around 110. Man, I I would love to have 115 by the next time that we talk. How do we get there? You go to iTunes. iTunes and Dynasty Warzone, just leave a five-star. You don't even have to write words anymore. You don't have to mention Jerry, Trucker Hat, Memphis, Beard. Nothing. You can leave the five-star, and you can move it on down the road, and we really appreciate those. But you can rate and review anywhere. You can subscribe anywhere. We're damn glad and damn lucky to have you here in the Dynasty Warzone. All right, last couple of things. Uh, Got to call out the social media, at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. And Jerry, our guest is back by popular demand. Are you excited?
1: God, listen, I was excited the first time. Now, words can't explain it.
2: Well, our downloads over the last three months have more than doubled from this time last year, and that's big part, and thanks to you guys, the listener, the subscriber, it means a ton to Jerry and I. But part of the reason why we continue to grow is we continue to have guys like Angelo back on the podcast. You can find Angelo on Twitter, at Angelo underscore fantasy, and he is the maker, the creator of some of the sickest rookie Twitter threads out there. Just go to Angelo underscore fantasy. He's got one on Henry Ruggs. He's got one on Jerry Judy. He's got one on Jonathan Taylor. He's going to have more between now and the draft. So Jerry, let us go get this man. Oh, let's do it now. All right. So let's do it. All right. Joining us on the show. And I like to say back by popular demand, because this guy in less than a month ago has been on one of our top 10 all time, most downloaded shows uh, a great content creator if you're on twitter he creates some of the best if not the best rookie threads in all of twitter his name is angelo and his twitter handle is at angelo underscore fantasy angelo thanks for coming back on such short notice buddy absolutely man it was fun last time and i'm looking forward to it again absolutely so before we get into all the the stuff uh, as it relates to these rookies, we're going to play a little game. I'll break down the rules of the game here in just a second for you and Jerry. But before we do that, just want to check on you, man. I know you live in the city of Chicago. You don't live in the burbs. You live in the actual heart of the city. How are you and your family uh, hanging in during these very interesting times?
0: No, I appreciate you asking. It Right now, I think everything's good. Um, family's good, knock on wood. Um, it stays that way. Um, we're just trying to stay informed and and kind of learn more about, I guess, the new world around us. But I think in this time, it gives us uh, a little bit more time to reflect and r- refine your process and become more efficient as people. Like we have so much, we do so much in everyday life. Um, and this is this time, every, everything slows down, right? So um it's a great, great time to pick up a new hobby um it's a great time to start learning how to cook um read a few books um and do a bunch of other different things that that can help you in your day-to-day life when this is all over um but we're we're staying good um uh, my family and I are fine um hopefully chicago doesn't become the next hot spot um we're hoping not but um everything is good on my end uh, how's it for you guys
2: Well, I'll let Jerry go first. He lives in a little bit more of a rural area. I think he's the most rural of the three of us. Now, I always say he's from the mean streets of Detroit, rolling down eight mile with Eminem. But that's not not necessarily the truth. Jerry kind of lives out in the country. Jerry, how are you hanging in there, buddy? It
1: is not kind of out in the country. It is the country. But here's the thing about people from Southeast Michigan. We all say we're from Detroit. Because if I told you where I was from, you would have no damn idea what the hell I was talking about. Uh, yeah listen angelo took my fire i was i was gonna say read a book learn something new listen i'm a decent cook i'm okay but like my man said i've been trying some stuff out and i would tell you it has worked out for the better but my wife would tell you that would be a lie
2: (laughs) Uh, i saw a great uh meme on twitter today it's that uh husbands and wives are both learning that you're not doing that the right way a lot during this quarantine. My wife, my wife today was like, why are you cooking rice on the super burner? And I'm like, why do you care? I always cook rice on the super burner. Just eat the damn rice. That, that, <laughs> that's, that's how this works. For me personally, I, uh, the best advice I've gotten every week that we do this or every show, um, if I think of anything new, I, I, I got one for you. Stay the hell off Twitter as it relates to COVID-19. Just, just don't even read into it. You know, I, I like to see the numbers. I like to see, I like to see how the the curve is moving in certain cities across the states. But I I still feel like the media has got an agenda. I feel like they use too many scare words like staggering and exponential and words that just don't go there. Uh, if you remember the old TV show or the great classic movie with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks, Dragnet. Just the facts. Just give me the facts. Tell me how many people are contagious. Tell me what the numbers have grown to and and let me know what we're doing to prevent it. I don't need your spin, just like Dynasty. Let's circle all this back to Dynasty and and these rookies. I I don't need your your spin there, television anchor Ron Burgundy type person. I just want to know the numbers. So uh, before we get into the game, there was a, a piece of news that came out today from a pretty reputable source. Michael Lombardi, for those of you that don't know Michael Lombardi, he used to be an NFL executive. He may have been a GM, definitely linked to Bill Belichick. And today, he reported or said on Twitter or on a radio show or of some sort that Tua has failed at least two teams' physicals. Now, me personally, I said this before we hit the record button, if those two teams are the Chiefs and the Ravens, I really don't give a rat's ass. Now, if those two teams are the Dolphins and the Chargers, now we've got a real story i'll start with our guest angelo what what did you glean from this information with lombardi saying that he's failed at least two team physicals uh actually a little surprised um by all reports
0: of what we've been seeing prior to this information 2 has been doing really well and he's been trending upward we've seen videos of him um doing some brief workouts throwing um, nothing super um strenuous but i'm kind of shocked that he's he's kind of failed medically so far. Um, Obviously, we don't know if these reports are true. And um, we'll probably obviously find out more the closer we we get to the NFL draft. But I don't think it will, I guess, hinder a team's outlook on him because I don't think teams are going to anticipate him being ready for week one of 2020. Um, I think a team has more of a long-term mindset when drafting him. You can let him sit sit for a year. And I've said for for a long time, the Chargers are probably the best spot for him, in my opinion. Um, You have a good bridge quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Um, They have a good offense. You know, they they have good weapons in the outside and in Williams, Allen, Henry, Eckler. So for him to kind of be able to grow there and um, in that offense would be great. But I don't think a team really has in mind that this is going to be their day one starter of 2020. I think we're underestimating how long it's going to take Tua to re-acclimate into football mode because he's he's had a major procedure done, and I think from like a movement quality standpoint, I think he's going to have to relearn a lot of things. Everything's going to be a little newer to him than it used to be, so I think it's going to take him take some time to kind of knock the rust off. I don't think there, any team's going to rush him into starting, but I think it's important to know that he isn't potentially medically right at this point and i'm not surprised i remember when the news broke people were talking about his career potentially being over and that's how that's like the injury he had is a, a career threatening injury so it's not to be taken lightly it's you know it's not like a torn meniscus or a torn acl where you know your return to play is you know anywhere from seven to twelve months and you're you're fine but this has a lot longer timetable and a, a lot more uncertainty surrounding the nature of the injury and the extent. So I think I'm not shocked, but I'm a little concerned. Um, not for his long-term outlook, but he might slide a little bit in the draft. Um, but I think a team who drafts him will, will draft him for his long-term potential um, and not the short-term upside.
2: Well, you, you had on a couple of things. and Jerry, what, what do you got? Because I, I want to wrap mine up after you're both done. Uh, here's the
1: thing. We're going to find out after about 45 minutes of the draft if, if this is a real report. Because if he gets by three, four, five, and his yeah. name has not been called, then yes, there is something to that. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Because sort of like what Angelo said, I think people will be drafting him for his long-term potential, and it could one of these great situations a chance to trade up if he does fall, and they could let him sit behind a veteran. They can do whatever they need to when they have other pieces around him, and that's just going to be horrible for those of us that are fans of bottom feeders in the NFL like Lions fans, because we're just going to have to watch another good team with a good quarterback.
2: Well, I, I yeah. think you, you, you both hit on some very interesting things. I think that one of the things is regardless of even if he was perf- perfectly healthy with Coronavirus potentially limiting rookie camps, OTAs, mini camps, even potentially the start of camp. I don't think even the Bengals can necessarily guarantee that Joe Burrow is going to be ready for Week One, and it has nothing to do with his health. You know, there could have been a reason why Cincinnati didn't trade Andy Dalton straight away and just threw him yeah. to the streets. There's a reason why, you know, Tom Telesco and Anthony Lynn in LA with the Chargers are you know firmly behind Tyrod Taylor. Now think about those. Think about those guys. You know, Andy Dalton, not the greatest quarterback of all time, but, you know, had plenty of winning seasons, a pro's pro. Same thing with Tyrod. And I'll, I'll remind you of this. When Tyrod was both originally the starter and then the backup to Baker Mayfield, Baker sure played a lot better when he had an old pro like Tyrod behind him. So I, I think that would be good news. And in Miami, he still got Magic. So whether he plays, whether he doesn't in year one, that doesn't change it for me. He is still probably my 103 overall in a in a superflex mock right now i think we got to take this information seriously but i was never intending on tua to be the answer for me in 2020 um, if you're a rebuild team this is great you can draft him now let him redshirt it's going to cause you to suck again and again in 2020 then next year you can potentially stack trevor and tua on the same roster i don't see any any uh any situations the only player that The only team that I see Tua being bad for in a rookie draft is the one that's got good running backs, good wide receivers, and is like one quarterback away. They needed to draft that guy that could come in and sling the rock around to make a difference in 2020. But I think if you're counting on any rookie, not just a quarterback, uh, wide receiver, now running backs, running backs are just knuckleheads. They just smash into the the line and they get four yards and they go. I'm kind of half-assed joking, but... Uh, Running backs tend to acclimate to new teams in the NFL very quickly versus their uh, receiving and throwing counterparts. So listen, I want to get into the game. So the game tonight is, uh, we don't do this very often, Jerry will tell you, we don't do a lot of game show stuff, but Twitter lately has been so polarizing. And actually, I typically only go to Twitter for fantasy football stuff, politics, politics, coronavirus i I have a whole separate account that i I deal with that on there so we're going to do a show tonight we're going to hit you with a handful of rookies that are getting a lot of twitter hype lately and jerry and angelo will get an answer and i'll throw in a little bit at the end whether a guy is just their type or they're not believing the hype um, I, 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 the just my type. That's the kind of guy you're still going to draft at his current ADP. Um, the hype is not affecting you one way or another. And then there's the other side of the scale: the don't believe the hype, all the steam, all the everything that you're reading. So, Jerry, are you ready? Oh yeah, shoot. Uh, Angelo are you? Re- Jerry's yawning, but Angelo are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> not, not because so of you up, you, you have. You have Um, the voice of the angels. Let's make it happen. All right, so I'm going to hit you with this first guy. Jalen Hurts, currently projected based off of ADP uh, as the QB5 off the board in a rookie draft for Superflex purposes. Now, I've seen people talk about him going as high as like the 110, 111, 112, 201-ish. I will start with our guest. Uh, At those prices and what you've seen of Jalen Hurts, are you buying the hype, or is he just your type at that price?
0: Uh, he's, he's just my type. So uh, I, I believe the hype with Jalen Hurts. Um, I've, I've loved watching him, in even his days at Alabama. Um, he's a natural leader to me. I think he, the way he commands a locker room and commands the huddle um, shouldn't be overlooked. And I think he really improved his stock at the Combine. Um, I think he threw the ball extremely well. Obviously, you know you're th- you're throwing to receivers, not in pads, and you know it's 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 a different ball game. But I think he looked good, especially in the athletic drills. Um, I think he's going to grow into a starter. I I don't think we should anticipate him walking on the field in 2020 and and blowing up the NFL. Um, I don't, but I think he has the skill set to be a really high end fantasy starter if he gets the opportunity to uh mostly because of his legs I mean, not, not many quarterbacks in the NFL run run sub 4 46 and have the ability to run like he does and especially his, his ability to to be aware as a runner i think that's he's not just you know a guy, a guy with good feet is no he's ex- he's extremely good runner capable um, and i think he could really help your fantasy team if he gets inserted into a starting role somewhere i think it's going to happen probably via injury Or it will take him a few years to kind of develop into that. But I think at his price, he's definitely a guy I'm buying.
2: All right. So for Angelo, that is is his type. All right, Jerry, what about you? At those prices, with what you're reading on Twitter with Jalen Hurts, is he just your type, or are you not buying the hype? I don't think I'm believing the hype at that price, but –
1: I think I'm going to end up with a lot of Jalen Hurts over the course of my rookie draft. So I know I just sort of cop myself out like that with such a lazy take. I just don't think he's back into the first, early second sort of stuff, barring, you know, good draft capital. He's a guy, like Angelo said, that is just a winner. I mean, he was good at Alabama, then he goes to Oklahoma. And to be able to play quarterback at those two places just shows how damn good you are at football. And he did excel. I mean, uh, six weeks into the college football season, that dude had Heisman written all over him. Fell off a little bit. He's got some some inaccuracy problems that I don't love. I've got him on a debut team, so I sure as hell hope that he turns out all right. I would just much rather take him middle of the second, end of the second, and just feel good about it. I feel like there's going to be a lot of value at the beginning of that second round, and I'd rather not take it on someone that, if given an opportunity, maybe he does something, but that opportunity isn't guaranteed.
2: All right. So for Jerry, that is a, uh, don't the hype. all right. So Jerry's don't believe the hype. I am going to agree with both of you. That is my cop out answer. <laughs> I, 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 I do like what you're saying. We're the I, laziest I, co-hosts of all time. Well, m- mine with a caveat, I, I do like him. And if you're a, con- if you're a contender and if you've got that 110, 111, 112, that means you were probably pretty good last year and you've probably got a pretty good roster. So if you're in that 110, 111, 112 range, even though it might be a quote-unquote flyer, if he hits and hits to the level that Twitter is currently talking and people are talking about him, Daniel Jeremiah recently said that he moved him into his top 50 players uh, for the draft. And if he goes in the you know top half of round two, that's legit draft capital. We talked about Andy Dalton earlier. He was a round two pick. Derek Carr was a round two pick. And These guys have went on to fairly somewhat QB three level, but if if he hits, then man, that's a that's a, a win, a huge win for your fantasy football dynasty roster. All right, gonna move on to this next guy. I'm gonna go right back to Jerry. Uh, we're gonna go with Eason from Washington. Now he is a guy who is not only picking up a little bit of steam on Twitter, but he is definitely picking up heat in mock drafts. I have seen him drafted as high as New England in a mock draft at 23 overall. And the latest I've seen him lately is to my Colts at 34th overall. That's the Colts have the second pick in the second round. Jerry, and then I, I haven't really seen him go up too much in rookie ADP. I'm thinking I'm I'm gonna put like an over under uh if if Hertz is at the back end around one, let's say like that 207 range. Where are you at with Easton in the 207 range in a superflex?
1: If he ends up at 34 to the Colts, hell yeah, love that spot. Uh, as far as liking him as a prospect though, I don't. So I'm going to say he is just my type for that price, but he is not my favorite prospect. This is a dude that lost to 18 year old Jake Fromm who. Guess who's talking about Jake Fromm nowadays? Nobody. That dude is all crickets right now. Um, he he's he's a big guy and he can throw it. Listen, he was a great prospect. I think he was the number one overall recruit coming out of high school when he committed to Georgia. Um, I just I don't love everything that he did at Washington. He's okay, and there's a lot of guys that I respect in this game. Uh, you know, LJ who used to do this show and now he does the the Devi Watch. He's a UW fan and doesn't love Jacob Eason. I mean, you're talking about a Debbie guy, the number one overall quarterback, and he transfers to your school and he doesn't love him. That, you know, you talked about Nick Whalen not liking David Montgomery when he got drafted by the Bears. Same sort of situation for me. I don't know. If if he ends up in a good spot like the Colts, where he could be the heir apparent, then yeah, he he's for my price. If he doesn't, though, if he ends up in a spot where the the what is the word I'm looking for the the road to stardom the road to being a starting quarterback is not there no thank you I I'll let him fall to the third and I'll just throw a dart and hope he can hit
2: all right so Jerry is giving that one a uh don't the hype. a right. sorta a, a sorta don't believe the hype what about you Angelo where are you at with Eason
0: uh I don't believe the hype um for me he's he's inaccurate he has a lot of the physical tools in terms of size and stature you look for in your, in your QB one, but I mean, he, he's a ton of refinement. He's not particularly mobile in the pocket uh, or out of the pocket. I just think he at his price at around two Oh seven, I can get guys like Brian Edwards who are, you know, he, he's dropping down drafts. let jr. Guys like that. Even like guys like Michael Pittman jr. It's, it's, I'd rather take values at that position um, at receiver at that point because of how deep this class is um, than a guy like Eason who might take you know more than a few years to develop here so I uh, definitely don't believe the highest on, J- J- on Jacob Eason um, that could change after he gets drafted though if he goes like like he said man a uh, team like the Colts where in a year or two he might have a chance to be um a good starter in front of a good offensive line I mean then, then sign me up for that price but uh, I don't believe the hype in terms of him as a prospect. Uh, he has way too much to work on and um, is pretty unrefined for, for that price at two hundred
2: right, so that is a... Don't the hype. All right, so I agree unless he goes to a, a, a proven quarterback developing coach. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes went, I think it was 10th or 12th overall to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't think he's the Patrick Mahomes we all know and love if he and Mitch Trubisky traded places, now I'm not saying Mitch wins the Super Bowl last year, but I'm saying who works with you and who develops you goes a long way, not only in football but in any career. So I'm gonna be uh, I'm more of a of a my type. I love these quarterbacks that everybody hates. Now he he is nowhere near the the caliber of a Daniel Jones or a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen, but he is definitely one that I have my eye on. I'm gonna go back to Angelo. This might be the most polarizing guy we're going to cover and out of all of these, but I'm going to hit you with him early. He is Henry Ruggs the 3rd. Very very fancy when you add that 3rd at the end of your name. Very British almost. Where where are you at with Henry Ruggs? Um just
0: my type. I mean, for me, I think there's a lot to be said on Ruggs and I think a lot of people um kind of miss who he is as a player because of the 427 I think we, we know he has all-time elite play speed. He plays it at the Combine. But if you look at the track record of guys who've who ran in that, in that era, you know, in that area, like guys like Jacoby Ford, Marquise Goodwin, guys like that who haven't been that successful at the NFL level, that's where you kind of get like clumped in and grouped in. But I think but where Rugg stands out is he's extremely good in contested catch situations, um, big, strong hands, great at the catch point, extremely physical player for a guy of his athletic caliber. And I think that's what really separates him from some of the other receivers in this classes. He's not afraid to go over the middle. Obviously, he has, he has all the speed in the world to burn. But he has the tools to be potentially a legitimate number one option in offense. However, I think he will have more of a real-world impact than a fantasy impact. But I think in the right offense... He's, he can absolutely shine. Imagine him going to Philadelphia, you know, with, with Wentz and Co. there. I mean, that'd be a fantastic spot for him. Um, but I just think he's a much more complete player than people are thinking right now. And I think the biggest reason is because, you know, history is kind of not on his sides in terms of comparables. But there also has never been a player run under four three, and also jump 40-plus inches in the vertical. So he's, he's not just a speed threat. He's an extremely explosive athlete. Um, and I think he gets mislabeled as, as just a speed guy, quote unquote. But I, I think he has, you know, all-time elite play speed, but he can also win at all three levels and is a lot better of a pure receiver than I think he's given credit for.
2: All right. I like it. All right, Jerry, you're up. What do you think about Mr. Ruggs? Listen, as far as talking about the
1: dude's game, There's not a single chance I could come close to anything that Angelo just said, because that was perfect. The reason he is my type is because of those people that want to lump him in with those Goodwins and those Tavon Austins and those guys where Randy uh, likes the unpopular quarterbacks. I tend to like the unpopular skill position guys and not to say that Henry Ruggs is unpopular. He's not, but he's not in that same level and he's extremely polarizing, which gives him the opportunity to slip in a draft to a, perfect spot that i would love to take him he's a good wide receiver he i mean you don't get to play in alabama and be bad and you're talking about a dude that was just a superhero out there this guy made himself known with the likes you know of jerry judy and everyone else that was on that team adrian waddle like they have so many talented players throughout his career there and he still made himself known and he did it against sec talent The dude's a burner. That's always going to be what he's known for. Because if you run a sub 4.340, holy hell, you are fast as can be. And so that's, I think there's too much Tavon Austin getting talked about. But listen, Tavon Austin was a talented, good guy. It just didn't work out. That doesn't mean it translates directly to Henry Ruggs. So, hell yeah, that guy is my type. All right.
2: I can can dig that. That's my type. All right, for me, I like him, but I'm going to like him even more if he lands with a, a, an imaginative, good, offensive-minded head coach. He lands in Denver with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, and they're like, hey, dude, guess what? You're going to run 40, 50-yard sprints every single game. That's all you're going to do. <laughs> is you're going to run straight. Just run as fast as you can. Okay, that kind of sucks. We talked about Andy Reid earlier. You know that's a that's an offensive mind. That's an offensive visionary, and if you put a guy like him with a guy like Andy Reid, I'm not saying that you're going to get you know Tyreek Hill, but if you get someone who gets him the ball at the line of scrimmage, you get someone who gets him in the in the the short to intermediate area. They let him try to get behind the defense the what's the target share of the team he goes to if for some reason he winds up with Houston, which he's never going to wind up with Houston they don't have the draft capital to trade up and get him, although bill Bell excuse me although Bill O'Brien could trade to Sean Watson to go up and get him you don't have any idea what bob's going to do <laughs> he'll do whatever the hell he wants but if if he lands with with someone who's a uh like i said a, a, an offensive visionary to your point, Angelo, a doug Peterson um even even a a naggy. In Chicago. Uh, uh, someone like that. Uh, I don't think they need him. He would be a redundant asset. And they have bigger needs. But uh, a Sean McVeigh. These are all type of things that are uh, possible with Rugs. So I think it's a clean sweep. He is all of our type. I'm uh, going to hit you with another one. This is another one who is growing. Um, one of the leaders of this guy on the bandwagon is our boy Ray GQ. Um, yeah. Ray, Ray loves this guy. It is Darrington Evans. And I'll go ahead and tell you. He's my type because I he was starting to slowly creep up my draft board and then it's always about people you respect their their opinion and Ray has been on him okay there's there's box number number one. Then I was listening to Greg Cosell and Greg Cosell doesn't give a rat's ass about fantasy. He just tells you what the film shows and what his 40 plus years of experience tells him. and when he this was a direct quote on the Ross Tucker podcast last week. He said, when I watch Darrington Evans, I'm fascinated. And I'm like, stop the tape. You know, (laughs) I'm done. I am definitely interested. He is my type. Darrington Evans, Uh, let him land in Tampa Bay and see what happens to his ADP. But I'll go back to Jerry. Jerry, where are you at with Evans?
1: Here's my thing. I liked him before the hype was there. Uh, He's, I mean, talking about a dude that, Four four one forty. You're talking about a dude that was productive. What do you have? Fourteen hundred yards, almost fifteen hundred yards at Appalachian State. Now I get it. It's the Sun Belt or whatever conference Appalachian State's in. Still, that's he's a productive dude. He's got good size. He can catch the ball. He didn't get as much work as you like to see. It's sort of that Jonathan Taylor thing. Every time he got opportunities, he could make the most of it. He just wasn't given a ton. I am still going to say, because the same reason I talked about Henry Ruggs and not liking those extremely popular skill position guys, that he is my type, I just need the hype to just settle down a little bit. Like, I need you guys to just relax, because I want to get him more. And the more Ray keeps talking about my man, Darrington Evans, the less I'm going to get him.
2: <laughs> That's uh, probably all right. true. All right, Angelo, what about you with Darrington Evans? Are you a fan, uh, or is he not your type? Uh, he, he's just
0: my type, man. I mean, I, I, watching him play, he's extremely explosive. And the thing that sells me is he's a receiver turn running back. And I think that's an extremely valuable tool to have in your back pocket going to the NFL, especially given his size. He doesn't have that bell cow um, type size, you know, to have a 20 plus touch workload. But I think he's going to be a guy that can be a really valuable asset to an offense with how he can kind of change the pace and also be used on passing downs. He was, he was good in blitz, um, blitz pickup and practice section. I think that's a big one. Um, checks that box, really good receiver. Going from receiver to running back is not an easy transition to make, but he made it. And I think he's only going to get better as he gets more comfortable, um, as a running back, but I, I like him a lot, man. I mean, I think he's kind of in that justice Hill mold to me. Um, explosive player it's really going to depend on landing spot like if justice hill went to a totally different spot let's say if justice hill last year went to kansas city you know like it's it's one of those things where you you are going to value the capital in the spot um for me higher than i value the player right now because if he gets third round draft capital all day all day long mid second round mid second round pick i'm taking him with in super flex. Maybe even earlier if he gets into a good spot. But for me, it's going to be all about the landing spot in the draft capital. But I think, I mean, he's flying up people's draft boards now. I think he's right now projected to be like in the early to mid-third round, which is awesome. Um, and I like him a lot more than some of the other guys we're going to talk about later. But, um, but I think he has a chance to to see a really good role um, on as a return man as, as well as on third downs in the NFL. Uh,
2: I think it's a, it's a clean sweep. That's our type. All right, gonna go to this next guy. I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna go right back to Angelo, AJ Dillon. This was a guy who wasn't super highly thought of, had a better than expected combine, and all of a sudden he is racing up draft boards in rookie ADP as far as mock drafts go. Uh, he is currently the 20th rookie off the board in a super flex mock. Uh, where are you at with AJ Dillon? Um, don't believe the
0: hype on Dillon. I mean, for me, I'm a big when I when I look at the combine it's more of a verification of what i saw on tape for dylan i i was shocked like many with with how well he tested athletically but that doesn't did not show up on tape that means you have to go back and watch the tape and see if that can be verified again and it, it it doesn't i don't i don't think he plays like the athlete you saw at the combine he doesn't play like he's 250 either and that's what kind of scares me these guys who who are in that Derrick Henry-esque mold in terms of stature and don't play like they're 250, 245-plus, that's when you kind of ask questions as to, okay, what are we getting here? And I don't think he's going to be a pass-catching option either. Um, it's going to take a really good landing spot and a lot of volume for him to be successful in the NFL, um, in my opinion. Um, I don't see him being the big play threat that Henry is, but – I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan before the combine and that doesn't really sway me after, even though he did test better than I expected, um, especially in his ADP, like particularly like an early second round pick, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm spending that on, on him. I don't think, I think he's going to be pretty one dimensional at the NFL level. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's definitely a polarizing prospect right now and he's flying up people's draft boards and, I'm just kind of interested to see how the NFL views him at this point. If he gets like early third round draft capital, like Evans does, or may, I I think, you know, that might have me shift viewpoints in terms of, okay, maybe I have to value him a little bit higher, but I'm not a fan of him as a player. Um, He doesn't have some of the qualities that I'm looking for in a running back, but um, I I mean, landing spot could change everything. So for me, it's more, he's, you know, I don't believe the hype, but obviously with running back is very landing spot dependent.
2: All right, Jerry, anything for uh, you? I am going to give that for Angelo. A uh... don't the hype. But what about you, Jerry?
1: Look, not my type in no way, shape, or form. I honestly, truthfully believe that I just don't see it. I don't care where he lands. I really don't want A.J. Dillon. I've watched a few. I like to watch the guys when they play the better competition. And that is a dude that I didn't see him break tackles. Like Angelo said, he doesn't play like he's 250. No, he doesn't play like a man and truck somebody and embarrass them. And he just doesn't, he goes down too easily for someone that's that big. <sighs> listen, I was extremely surprised he ran such a good 40 and had a good vertical and all of that. Totally surprised the hell out of me. But listen, you're gonna have 1600 yards when you get 40 carries against Florida State, when you get 35 or whatever it was against Syracuse. But then you go against the Notre Dames and the Virginia Techs and you get 25 and you don't even crack 100 yards. No, thank you. I'm good. I Listen, production isn't everything. We saw Rashad Penny get 2,000 yards at San Diego State. He ran a better 40. He's big, not as big. And you know what he did? He pooped his pants when he got to the league. And he (laughs) he destroyed people like me who loved him. I'm good on A.J. Dillon. There's... There's not a price you could give me until we get into the third round where I'm just grabbing guys anyway. I might, might not be popular. And, you know, he is rising up people's boards. I just I don't trust it. No, thank you.
2: Well, uh, we're going to give that one a collective... Don't the hype. Yeah, I'm sorry to Kane. Kane's one of our dear, sweet friends. Uh, Kane Fassell. But, you know, if we're talking Corey Dillon, I'm in there like swimwear. But we're talking... A.J. Dillon and I, I'm not about it. I, I can really see him landing as like a fifth round pick to the Carolina Panthers or the New York Giants, even even the Jags with, with like a like a fifth rounder to be that you know change of pace guy to give Fournette or Christian McCaffrey or Barkley a, a, a breather. Um, the best case for this guy, the absolute stone cold best case for A.J. Dillon, is to be Jordan Howard, a guy who comes in has a little bit of a thump his rookie year. Uh, Gets overdrafted in Dynasty, gets over-traded for in Dynasty, and this ends up uh, wrecking your your draft capital you spent on him. One of the few spots where I could actually see him going and doing okay would be like the LA Chargers. As like that, you know, first and second down thumper to, again, you're not going to bell cow Austin Eckler. So, I mean, that's sure. the, the best-case scenario. What's he going to get, 120 touches? It's a, it's a no for me. So that's a three-way. Don't the yeah, we're, we're out on A.J. Dillon. I'm going to go into Zach Moss. Now, uh, again, uh, a, a not-for-me guy, not someone that, I, that I'm going to be drafting. I thought that he would actually fall off after a, a pretty bad combine, but I'm starting to see a little bit of love for him. He's actually going ahead of MFL. Uh, ADP, he's going ahead of A.J. Dillon. He is the 18th rookie off the board in a super flex. Jerry, what the hell's going on?
1: Listen, if you think I'm going to argue against Zach Moss, (laughs) you're so wrong because I don't give a rat's behind that my man ran a 4.65. Is it bad? Oh, God, he might still be running it. And I say that knowing that I couldn't run a six second forty. Listen, I just like the dude's game. I like guys that are violent when they run the ball. Guys that go for contact, lower the shoulder, and try and get that extra yard. He's a fighter. I like fighters. I don't know what it is. Probably because I'm not one, because I'm softer than baby poop. But I love watching Zach Moss play. You know, we want to talk about a dude that was productive against better talent. I will 150% take Zach Moss over A.J. Dillon every single time. Now I just hope that his draft capital correlates with that because uh, if he slips and I'm wrong, so be it. I will learn my lesson. Uh, if there's one thing that having uh, McNamara on our show, it's that draft capital means everything for running backs. So I will learn my lesson, but Zach Moss is definitely one of my guys, and I'm guessing he will be one of those guys that I get later in drafts almost universally because everyone else hates the four six five.
2: Uh well, I'm going to give you a uh... – but for me, it, I, I'm I'm gonna wait and save my my take for the end. Angelo, Zach Moss, what you got, buddy? <sighs> I mean, I, I don't I don't believe the don't, hype. Don't
1: like be ashamed. Them. Poop on me. You can you can uh, you can come I, at I me. I don't
2: believe the hype. I, you know,
0: I I like Zach Moss, and I'm I'm a fan of his game, especially stylistically with the way he plays with you know a bit of power and finesse. But a guy with his brand of football, I mean, he's gonna be a you know. A big between the tackles threat in the NFL, um, a pile mover is durability, and you know I think he had turf toe, a torn meniscus, he had a hamstring injury, an AC joint sprain, and the torn meniscus is what worries me. I mean, normally it wouldn't because you know that's a pretty clean procedure, but there are reports of there being a pre-existing condition called a, a discoid meniscus, and what that essentially means is um, it's got like um, lingering effects over time, and tearing becomes more, I guess, a prominent feature of what could happen later on. And I think for him, durability is my my question number one. Is he going to be a durable asset at the NFL level? And guys like him have to be. We saw what happened to Jordan Howard's career when that when that started to not come to light this year. You know, Jordan Howard went from being – you know, a thousand yard a year guy to now he's, you know, playing for his what is third team in three years now. I mean, it, 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 that's what's going to hurt Moss. If he can't stay on the field, I think he's an above average pass catcher, better than people think. But my main, main worry is their ability. I don't think he has a lateral skill set whatsoever, lack of, dy- no, not very dynamic in that capacity. Um, Poor play speed for me. The four, six, five wasn't surprising. It, That doesn't mean anything for the type of player he is and what he presents. But for me, I have him ahead of Dylan, yes, but I'm not a big, big fan of the durability issue, especially the role he's probably going to be um, thrust into at the NFL level.
2: Well, uh, I'm I'm on Team Angelo, so we're just going to make this a little bit shorter. We're going to go straight with... Yeah, I, I I just can't. I I don't see it. Um, I, I wish I could find like some kind of it quality I saw about the guy that could make me ignore the the metrics and the the injury history. But I'm out, Jerry. You ready for one? Oh yeah, because th- this is a guy that you mocked eleventh uh, overall to the Jets. Now I've not seen him that high in mocks, but I have seen him in the mid twenties. I've seen him as high as twenty one to the uh, Eagles. I've seen him as uh, as far as down as like 34 to the Colts in, in some mock drafts. He is Denzel Mims, and man, has this, this guy got the steam on him. He's got the athletic profile. He is a Baylor receiver. Jerry, I know you love some Denzel Mims. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a preemptive. So what do you got on Denzel Mims, Jerry?
1: Listen, now I did I did mock him to 11 to the Jets because that's a super Jets move. Uh, which is why I sort of went that route, but I do love Denzel Mims. I'm a sucker for big, fast guys, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I grew up with Calvin Johnson and Herman Moore and all these guys. When I see them, oh, it's like syrup just sliding down a big pile of pancakes where it just warms your soul to see it. And that's what Denzel Mims is to me. He just makes me feel good. He's like, he's like. Like I'm, he's tucking me into the womb and just making me feel warm and cuddly inside big fast can make big plays. I love him. And if he does end up going in the first round, which I'm not, listen, that's been in mocks everywhere, but I don't trust mocks as far as I can throw them. And I got these little noodle arms that can't throw a damn thing very far. But if he does end up into a conducive situation, you know, Packers and any one of these places, the Colts second round, Oh, my God, I'm going to be so happy and so thrilled, except for I might not because I probably won't get him because then the hype will go through the roof. And if he gets drafted to be the alpha dog in Houston and he gets matched up with Deshaun Watson for the beginning part of his
2: career, (laughs) give me all that smoke, baby. Oh my goodness! I should give you a double. That's my type, <laughs> but but I'm 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 going to roll over to uh, oh. to Angelo. So I, I pulled him up on Player Profiler. His four three eight forty was ninety six percentile. His speed score was ninety six percentile. His burst ninetieth percentile. His catch radius ninety six percentile, and his agility score a lowly sixty seventh percentile. Uh, most comparable to Chris Godwin. Where are you at with this guy? I, he has just come on like a freight train. I mean, I I don't believe the hype. I mean, one of the things
0: that I look at with receivers is obviously production. You have to dominate at the collegiate level in some way, shape, or form if you want to have success in the NFL. Over his last nine games, he had 100-yard game. That shows up a lot on tape a lot of inconsistencies obviously he has the catch radius yes he he's fast he doesn't play as fast as he timed and that it's a problem to me when we always have to go back and say oh my god who is who is this guy after the NFL combine before the combine he wasn't on anyone's radar with the you know in, in the top 8 9 receivers at least from ones that I saw ADP wise but i think that's warranted I think he he started off the season really hot. I think like four of his first five games were 100-yard performances. And then after that, like the next nine, one 100-yard performance. And I think when you look at it, you know, I guess holistically, it's what did he do on the field that's better than some of these other guys in this class? Did he have a stretch of play or did he physically dominate and take over games? And from where he's going, the answer should be yes. But to me, it's no. Uh, I'm, I'm not a giant fan of Mims. Um, I think he's fairly one-dimensional as a prospect right now. Um, I don't think he has a super diverse route tree. I think he's more of a project than a complete player right now. Um, at his ADPs, he's not a guy I'd want to go after right now. But, um, you know, if landing spot – Houston's an interesting one because he'll, he'll be force-fed targets there. But if landing spot puts him, you know, at 30 to the Packers, then, you know, that's a different story. I'm um, playing with Aaron Rodgers and and Devonta Adams, but right now I'm 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 out on Mims at his ADP.
2: All right, well at his ADP, you and I are you and I are in, in lockstep here. It's Don't the hype. I I can't believe the hype. I mean, this guy is just meteor meteoric, is the best I can say. And I think you said it very eloquently when you said, if he winds up in Green Bay with Rodgers and someone to help him in Devonta adams okay i'm you you've got my attention but if if he winds up in a place like in a crowded wide receiver room uh, i've seen him mocked to minnesota at like 26 overall where it's him i, I do like adam thielen but but kirk cousins and a vanilla offense that was so vanilla that stefan diggs ran himself to buffalo that would that would make him a double not my type. All right, got three guys a little bit lower. We maybe won't have to spend quite as much time on him, but we'll take as much as we need. This next guy, he uh he's one that I'll I'll go last on because uh, I've got some things to say. Angelo Lynn Bowden Jr. We'll call him a wide receiver, but he could be a quarterback. Dude's dude's a football player. What you got? Uh, I mean, just my
0: type. You mean Anton Randall? I mean, the guy's the guy's electric and um I'm a I'm a big fan of his game. I think he's going to be a player, you know, that can line up anywhere on the field. I think he he plays – there's a few – this class is really interesting because there's a few guys. I think it's him, Chenault, um, uh, and Antonio Gibson. They, they don't play – they're positionless playmakers, man. They're just weapons. And I think he's in that mold. I think he profiles more as a slot receiver at the NFL level. But um, I'm just a fan of what he can do with the ball in his hands. He, he just make plays. He's electric. Uh, can do it from a variety of different alignments and I'm a big fan. And especially, I mean, he, he, can, you can get him super late, super late in drafts right now. I mean, he, he's just my type. And I think the NFL team will love his versatility and, and we'll find him a role. All.
2: all right. That is going to get Angelo a little, uh... That's my type. what about you, Jerry, where are you at with Lynn Bowden jr?
1: Listen, I have sort of been a little harsh on some of Kane's guys on this show, but, He put me on Lynn Bowden first when we had him on many moons ago. Listen, he's just my type for the same reason that Angelo said. I don't have some undying love for him. I also don't really hate him. He's a football player. My man starts as a wide receiver and then ends up as a workhorse running back going down the stretch. You want to talk about how Denzel Mims didn't have production down the stretch? Lynn Bowden sure as hell did in the SEC. What does he got? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six straight games to end the season last year with at least 100 yards. Three of those were over 200, including one that was 284. Dude's a ball player. And if you can rush the ball, you can pass the ball, you'll find a place on the football field in the NFL. Got good size. I wish he would have tested at the combine. It is what it is. Uh, Definitely going to be one of those guys that I grab, especially in my home leagues. Here's the thing. I, I don't know how many home leagues you guys have. They don't know about guys like this. And this is exactly what you can you know, use to build your league up. The Terry McLarens that they've never heard of, the Darius Slatons they don't know about, maybe don't respect. Lynn Bowden's a guy that people in the know know about and the people that don't, don't, and you can take advantage of that.
2: Well, uh, I'm going to give this for all three of us. I'll just get this right here out of the way. 100%. Jerry, I got a trivia question for you. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Let's go. Who led the SEC in rushing in 2019? I don't know that answer. That would be Lynn Bowden Jr. Not not receiving, which is where he's projected to play at, at the NFL level. Not quarterback, which he played some at Kentucky. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did not lead the SEC in rushing. He was second. Kalen Hill, he was third. Najee Harris, fourth. DeAndre Swift, the arguable 101-102 and in a, in a 1QB. Um, no, not him. Not Keyshawn Vaughn, who we all like. He was seventh. Lynn freaking Bowden Jr. led the SEC in rushing. You know, uh, For the
1: powerhouse Kentucky Wildcats, too.
2: Yeah, because we, we all know their offensive lines, just uh, shipping them to the NFL left, right, and center. No, I don't think so. And this guy's going to play, you know, th- I, I just kind of see the, the, the nest, next Wes Welker, but a better athlete. A guy you can line up in the backfield, a guy who can get a couple of rushes. He could be everything that we wanted Ty Montgomery to be three years ago. This guy is going to be the most fascinating player in the draft, and 100% a guy that I will take a half a round early, even at ADP, because I see a weapon. And you know what? This guy could creep up toward the top end of the second round if he goes to the right situation. Let him go to Sean Payton in New Orleans. Let him go to Sean McVay in the L.A. Uh, Rams. Let him go to Philadelphia, and I will be all about this guy. I cannot tell you how much. That is uh, just my type. Got two more real quick. Brandon Iyuk. Angelo, anything on Mr. Ayuk? I'm actually – I've warmed up to um, an Iuk, and I think what
0: we have to look at is how are NFL evaluators – Looking at this guy, and by all accounts that I've seen, people think he's a first-round talent because of what he does with the ball in his hands. I think he's one of the best receivers in the class um, after the catch. And I think he can grow into um, a very dangerous weapon for an NFL offense. And if he's a back back end of the first-round guy, let's say he gets picked up by Green Bay, I mean, he's going to have mid-to-end first-round you no know, capital in the rookie drafts. And just because of who he's associated with, and I think he's, you know, he's not going to see any double coverage with Devontae Adams on the field. So I think for for me, I mean, I like Ayuk. He's great with the ball in his hands, extremely raw playmaker. But just like Chennault, I want guys who can run after the catch and who have a lot to prove, but also have a lot to work on. And I think NFL offensive pointers are going to like what he does after the catch, like I said. And I think his draft capital is going to be maybe surprising to some. I, I can see him being as high as I think twenty-one. And I, I I think that's not out of their own possibility, especially what it can do as a punt returner, too. That's an aspect that people aren't looking at is, you know, we think as we think of guys who are running backs receivers, even diff, like cornerbacks, their draft capital hinges on what they can do in, you know, the second phase of their game. You know, guys like guys like Ayuk who can return punts and kicks and who are very good at it add a different element and different dimension and, and teams want that and teams team. I mean, special teams is extremely important as well. So uh, he's a dynamic return man as well as a, um, a positionless receiver right now. I don't know where you'd put him really, but um, he's just a playmaker. And I think teams are going to love it from.
2: All right. That was a very soft, just my type. Uh, Jerry, where oh, are yeah, you? Just my type. All right, for sure. We'll give it to you. My type. What about you, Jerry? Where, where are you at with this man?
1: I think I'm at a soft, just my type too. I don't love anything that he does. I got to watch him firsthand when uh, Arizona State played Michigan State early in the season, and when that game started, I wanted to watch Eno Benjamin. Funny how that turned out. Um, but Brandon Ayuk was the one that kept making the plays in the game, and that wasn't even that was one of the games that he really struggled compared to the rest of the season. Not a guy I love. It really depends where he lands for me. If he ends up being, you know, taken with some decent capital for the Saints and he ends up being the second guy behind Michael Thomas, if he ends up being the second guy behind Devontae Adams, oh, absolutely, I'm going to be intrigued by him. If it's not, you know, a, a plus situation, I probably won't have him. So I'm going to say it's a it's a soft he's my guy. So I know... I'm just I'm lazy. I'm sorry. I can't
2: help it. Well, you, you've always kind of been that way. So that's going to be another, and I'm going to give him one too. That's my type. And, and oh the, yeah! Funny how that turns out. Well, smart ass. And and, and he, here's the reason why is at where he's going according to MLF rookie ADP, he's going as the 26th rookie off the board. Now that could obviously skyrocket depending upon draft capital. But if I have to waste a late second, early third in a super flex. Uh, thinking that, I don't think he'll be this, but let's just be honest, you know, he's got some athleticism to him. And, and if you could get that Tyreek Hill type on the right offense, man, I'd be about that action boss. I mean, who who wouldn't be uh, at, at a late second, early third? you know how many late seconds that you're going to trash in the course of your dynasty career, Jerry? God, I've already done a bazillion. Uh, I've seen you in action. All right, last guy, t- tight end prospect. Jerry, just stick right with you. Adam Troutman... Uh, I've, I've seen him as high as people's tight end one in the class. Um, th- th- they like him as an overall tight end and prospect. Uh, what, what say you, Mr. Jerry? Listen, this is a Michigan boy. Now,
1: he's up from Traverse City. He might as well be Canadian. He might be JD of the GOAT District. But I, I like his game. But here's my thing. I'm a Lions fan, so we should not judge tight ends because knowing if I say any nice things, it'll put it into the universe And then Bob Quinn will draft them. And I don't want that. (laughs) The dude was good. And I think if he is drafted in a situation where there's not a lot of competition, yeah, he's going to be very relevant. So I'm going to say he's my type, but you know, it's later. It's knowing, I say that knowing that this tight end class is not going to have some of these elite top end guys, but as far as guys in this class, extremely intriguing and definitely one of these guys to take on your radar rather than, Someone like you know, Benjamin, that I said before, or AJ Dillon, if he lands in a spot that I really like, I will definitely consider someone like this.
0: All right, what about you, Angelo? Yeah, I agree. Um, he's just my type, I'm a big fan of him. I I think what we have to look at with guys who are bigger, who do play some of the big skill positions in the NFL, how they do athletically at the combine is important more so than some of the guys who play, you know, running back, receiver. Um, cause a lot of those guys, you know, the NFL's is played in a vacuum. Those guys don't, those guys play, um, they don't play in space much. And I, I don't think tight ends do much either as well. They do a lot of blocking, a lot of inline stuff, but I think important look for guys who are bigger, big skill guys is how they run the three cone. I think that's for the position wise, I think for the, for the tight end, that's the most important thing. And it shows up on tape. you at a, like I think a six seventy eight, six seventy nine three cone, which is unheard of for a guy of his stature.
1: Especially when up. everyone else was struggling in the oh, three
2: I cone know, this year.
0: Oh, I know. Right? I didn't like Rager and Judy both ran like in this like 2 Just just throw it, just throw it out. It doesn't even matter. But um, for bigger guys that like to look at it, and it, it shows up on tape. I mean, he's an extremely good route runner. I mean, good good enough of his breaks. I know he went to Dayton, so you know he doesn't have the um the big school persona under there, but. I think he, he could be a really good pass-catching tight end at the next level, and he's – I don't know where he's going to draft, but, I mean, if I need a tight end like in the – know if I have like Ertz or Kelsey and a, you know the two elite tight ends who are getting up there in age, he's a guy I kind of want to go after because I think – I'm not saying he's going to be next, but it wouldn't shock me if he's in that Zach Ertz-type mold because of how good he is in and out of his breaks as a pass catcher, and I, I think he has the athletic measurables and the – to be, a, to be a pretty high upside tight end prospect.
2: All right, well, I'm gonna make it a, 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 a consensus, a three-man vote of a uh, just my type, That's my type. but I, I'm gonna add a caveat to this. The tight end position this year is like 3 a.m. closing time at the bar, and you're just looking for the best thing available. It, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be pretty. You're probably gonna regret it in the morning. But that's what that's what you're doing if you're drafting a tight end this year. Unless it's tight end premium and you are super desperate. And, and again, we talked about the COVID-19 and the impact it's going to have on, you know, these players acclimating. If you're drafting a, a Troutman, my favorite tight end in the class is Bryson Hopkins. I know there's the, the, the two Bryants, Hunter and Harrison. Any of these guys, I, I think they have some upside to them. But, man, you're, you're bouncing around a real ugly position. Albert O, uh, out of Missouri, yeah. there's another guy. Um, but you're bouncing around a real ugly club right now. So be careful what you take home at the tight end position. Angelo, my man, tell us what's going on with you, buddy.
0: Oh, man, um, some of exciting news. I, um, website's coming soon. I know we talked a little bit about it last time. Um, but it's, it's kind of in its mid-production stages. So I got everything kind of squared away in terms of content i um, extremely, extremely excited to launch it. Um, we'll probably be within the next couple of weeks, definitely before the NFL draft, ideally a week before if everything goes well. But um, it's going to be similar to the prospect threads, but diving a lot deeper, probably like double the content and also double the analysis there. Because, you know, Twitter only gives you so many characters. So it's it's going to be really nice to kind of really dive deep into some of these guys um, from a human movement standpoint and, and kind of couple that with, what their fancy football potential looks like, but I'm extremely excited to launch it. I'm um, working on it for almost a year now. So um, yeah, that that's coming soon. So I'm, I'm excited to launch that and get it rolling.
1: No, sir. I am extremely excited for you to launch it and <laughs> get it rolling.
2: A hundred percent. You make sure when you get it rolling, you reach out to us. You've been so kind to Jerry and I at the dynasty war zone and sharing your knowledge with our listeners not once but twice this rookie season. When you get that dude launched you come back, you're going to tell us all about it and then you're going to give us a hyperlink which we'll add to our show notes which will make it easy for the Dynasty Warzone consumer to get it. So, thank you so much for coming back on. You thank you for um, you know making it a better show for our listeners and and i'm glad to hear that that you and the family are doing safe on the mean streets of chicago jerry jerry's claiming detroit that's we used to laugh here in indiana that any kid from like lafayette which is where purdue is they claim to be quote unquote from the region which is like right by chicago that's I'm like, funny i'm like you're 100 miles away it's kind of like jerry with detroit but jerry any parting words before we get out of here no well stay and century <laughs> Well, there there he goes. He, uh, he's in such a hurry to cut out of here. His internet, the fine folks of, uh, of Michigan's internet for service providers are, are doing great things. Well, Jerry, it's good to have you back on the show, buddy. Uh, and thank you for tuning into the show. And on behalf of Angelo, Jerry, and myself, I am Memphis. And we'll see you right back here next week as we're all just trying to make the world a little bit better for fantasy football. Talk to you soon. Take care. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season.